You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be with us. We love imagining all of you with us as we discuss these topics each week. So thank you. Thank you. We are thrilled to have a special guest with us today who will be joining the conversation. I'm going to introduce her just a little bit. So McKenna is a 24-year-old graduate from BYUI with a bachelor's degree in psychology. She put herself through all four years of college by working two and I think at one point, three jobs maybe. Oh my gosh. Seriously. So much work, right? (laughs) She was on the Dean's list all four years of college, earning her more scholarship money to help support her education goals. She has a passion to understand the body and the full body health aspect of nutrition and the mental um, health aspect. I think she is still considering grad school because I think she pinky swore her mother before she got married, but she's considering that she got married about two years ago to an awesome guy. And they are expecting their first child in July. And that would be my grandbaby. And I'm going to cry. No cry. No cry. No cry. So our special guest here today is my oldest daughter, McKenna. Hey, Nana. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I have been just like feeding you little drops because, and when you're ready to do this, because it, this is going to be a really powerful episode. And I'm really, really grateful to you for being willing to come and do this episode with us today. Really quickly. I want to read McKenna, if it's okay the message that you sent, because I think just your text message was really powerful. You know, when Alana and I were considering this and how we wanted to approach this topic, your insight is going to be really valuable here to women. And I had asked her, I said, what main message would you want the women, you know, knowing their situations to hear? And you said that you want your main theme to be about how their kids will be okay. They will find their way and it's better to see their mom living a healthy and independent life, even if it means they aren't married to their dad anymore. Abuse also indirectly affects the kids. And once the abuse was out of the home, there is really such a different feeling in the home. That's what you had sent. And Alana and I both were just like, yes, that (laughs) message right there is really powerful. When I heard Amy read that to me and I was like, ah, like, can we do this today? Because when Amy and I talk to women and there is just abuse happening, emotional abuse, physical abuse, there are certain pieces that we work with the clients to help them understand, but coming from somebody who has lived it through the experience of a child is so different. Mm-hmm. And it's something that Amy and I can't just make them see or make them get. And before we started the podcast, I was saying how so many women would love to be able to get in the heads of their kids unfiltered to really know what they're experiencing. Because so many times kids, 
have this, well, what does mom want me to hear? Or what do I need to say for dad? And that filter so strong goes back to our attachment and those attachment needs and desires to not lose these people in our life. So your insights, McKenna, are just such a gift to these women. So thank you for just being vulnerable and speaking up. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. I think it's important just to mention like you and I have both done our own individual work. We've had a lot of conversations. I think it's important for people to know that we have worked at gaining that relationship where you can say anything to me. I want to validate that that was very real in our relationship early on, wasn't it? Like Mm -hmm. trying to say the right thing, say what I wanted, you think I wanted to hear. So I want to validate that that was a part of this story as well. Mm -hmm. But I think it just gives hope to women that doesn't have to stay that way. And then if you really do your work, you can heal some of the wounds that were created because I did create wounds, but we're working and continually working, not over. We're continually working on healing those wounds. Yeah. I think it was a very, at first complicated relationship and situation when the divorce and separation and everything came out and first started happening. And yeah, it's definitely still something that I'm still processing today, but it does help that we did have a very open and honest relationship. And I'm glad that we can, I'm glad that we can still stay you allowed that safe communication for me throughout the whole process. You allowed me to safely communicate my thoughts and feelings and emotions. And I don't know. I just, I'm glad that we've had that open and honest communication, like this whole, during that whole trial, you know? Yeah. So can I ask, cause I, Amy, I know your story, but McKenna, I really don't know yours. Can I ask a little bit about some of your experiences and kind of go back a little bit. Okay. But I'm really curious back before the separation happened back before the divorce, did you sense like something was off? Could you feel tension in your home? Did you know there were things happening or going on? Yeah, I've thought about this. I, you know, growing up, Looking back now, yes, I can see, knowing now what I know, I can see that there definitely were things that were off. But when I was in the situation, when, when you know, we were living with, I was living with married parents, I was so oblivious. And I think part of that was just because I was in my own little selfish teenage world, (laughs) which I was supposed to be. And also part of it was because my mom did do, my mom and my dad did a really good job of hiding what they were going through. And not to say that 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 is a good or bad thing that they were, that we were oblivious to it, but they just were very discreet about what they were going through. So I think when the divorce and separation did happen, that added to my confusion, all of our confusion and shock about the whole separation, because I really was so oblivious to everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Developmentally Uh kids and teenagers are so 
egocentric. Everything is about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, even on that note, and Amy, if I'm like taking over here, I just have so many questions, but even on that note, did you make any of that about you? Did you make any of it as I did something wrong? I contributed somehow to the dissolving of the marriage? No, I, cause I think my mom did a really, really good job of telling us this is not your fault. Like just trying to keep us out of it and make it just let us know that this was something that her and our dad were struggling with and going through. And it has nothing to do with us kids. Us kids are not the reason of why they're being separated. So I don't really remember feeling like I was responsible. I think I was lucky enough to feel that in our situation. I, cause I'm sure a lot of kids feel that and I can't speak for my other siblings, but I think because my parents did do a good job of validating us and letting us know that they love us and that we have nothing to do with their issues. That really, really helped. I love that. I think a lot of women need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not something that I ever, I've, I don't think I've really ever thought about. It's my fault. And I'm sure it's maybe crossed my mind a couple of times. Like, why is this have to be like my situation? Like, why can't, I don't know, but no, it was never really. Can you talk more to that piece? Because that is so common. Can like, you just yeah. situation? Yeah. Like, why is this happening to me? Why is this my family? Just what your experience with that was. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with my mom once, um, just wondering why I was put on this earth in this situation with like, why did God, I guess, why did God put me in this situation? I guess I thought about that when I compared myself to other, to my other friends whose parents were, you know, happy and they were together and I could, because that was something that was really triggering for me is when I would go to friends' houses or cousins' houses and I saw their parents' relationship, I would just always ask myself, like, why, why can't I have that? Why did my parents have to be the one to get divorced? But I think because I do have peace with the separation and the divorce, like I have, I really have like accepted it, you know, and I've seen the blessings that have come from it. So I really rarely look back, you know, think about like, oh, I wish they were together. I don't really think that anymore because I have come to um, that acceptance because of because of just everything I've learned, I think, from that trial and from all the good things that have come from that trial because of my relationship with Heavenly Father, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is when being asked that question is, I just developed such a good relationship with Heavenly Father that I didn't feel that void of a father in my situation. So that, yeah, that anchored you. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but going it totally makes sense and thank you for sharing that and I I love that. I think that's really a powerful statement. Just kind of want to hold space for that. That was really beautiful. <laughs> going back to what Alana was asking you around your experience growing up in the home and how you didn't you say you didn't necessarily feel like you were to blame 
Yeah. And you weren't aware so much of what was happening yet. Can you speak to the aspect of like, because you know, you, you read me like very quickly. You're one of the few people in this world that can just <laughs> look at your eyes and know if you're frustrated or not. <laughs> you can just like feel my aura and you're like, What's and, and you just literally came out that way. Very in tune with not just me, but people around you, you're very intuitive that way. And so you could tell when something was off and you were always coming up to me and you would just even stare at me. Like when you were little, you would just come up and just look at me and just like watch me because you could sense that something was off. But can you speak to that part of it? Like how your body was telling you something was off, but then my response of it's okay. It's all okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. What did that do for you, for me to invalidate you that way? I mean, I knew you weren't being honest with me deep down. Yeah. I just knew you weren't being honest with me and I knew that something was off, but I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't know if it was because of me or because of, and maybe that's where I did have some of that self-blame because I did think that, and I just noticed that your you were just depressed along looking back. I just remember you just being depressed and which rightly so, because I know, you know, what you were going through now. And I think maybe that's part of why I was so in tune and worried about your emotions because you were in a state of depression. So I was like, always felt like I needed to take that on and take care of that or do something to change that so maybe that's also part of why I am so in tune and like worried about your emotions yeah we've had to do well you just were here not too long ago and we've had to we've been a little bit more open with that (laughs) we've had to say I've had to say um hello like get back in your bubble Mm-hmm. you know, yes, I'm feeling this, but get back in your bubble. You don't need to yeah. take it on. And it's rerouting a lot of that early childhood responsibility and attachment that was formed because mm-hmm. of that. So, mm-hmm. and I just think that's really important to, to acknowledge. It's really important for me to acknowledge what that did for you. But I think that's one of the things that I wish I would have understood before the impact that my hiding was having mm-hmm. on my children thinking, I mean, I thought I was protecting everybody. I thought I was doing a bang up job pretending I really did. And I think for the most part I did, but yeah, with, when, with stuff with dad, but your emotions were still all over the place, which yeah. hurt us kids. We just exactly. didn't know why your emotions were all over the place. Exactly. Well, it's funny because what we're talking about is gaslighting. Mm-hmm. You were having an experience, McKenna, where you are seeing mom is not okay. And mom's going, I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And so that causes that questioning of your own intuition of like, oh, did I read her wrong? Yeah. Okay, no. Is it me? And all of them you're spinning. I, I watched a video one time and it was talking about empaths. I do believe in empaths, but the woman, she's like, you're not an empath. Most likely you experienced trauma in your childhood where the the people around you, you had to be hyper-focused and hyper-aware of where their emotions were at all times Mm -hmm. as a self-protection. And so you today are still hyper-focused on everyone's emotions around you. And I don't think it's that black and white. 
but I think that is a piece of it. And then we also can be a very intuitive person. So if we're very intuitive and we have to be super aware of everyone's feelings around us, that can make us totally the definition of an empath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I, I, I want to highlight for every woman who's listening, who goes, oh no, like I've gaslit my kids. I think all of us have done this to some degree through that lens of, I just, I want to protect them. I don't want to put my stuff on them. And I just want to be really clear to our listeners, please don't go now start dumping on your child because you don't want to gaslight them. There's this really fine balance between I am feeling sad right now, but it's okay because here's the things I'm doing for my sadness. And so that we're validating the child's experience, but we're not dumping it. We're not making it their responsibility. And I've seen women swing pendulum both sides of this. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about this before on your podcast, but if you would have said you know what, I'm, I am having a hard day today, McKenna, and I, like, I am sad, or I am feeling these emotions right now, but it's not because of you, it's adult stuff, I don't know how you would word it, but I think that definitely would have been better at defining it a little more, that would have been better than just saying, no, no, like, everything's fine, it's all good, I'm fine, everything's fine, I do that. I do that today in my marriage. Like, I feel like I learned that in my marriage today. Like, my (laughs) husband asked, What's wrong? And I'm like, Nothing. (laughs) Obviously, something's wrong. I don't know. Yeah. It does. It takes a long time to reroute this. And I think that's why this is such a gift that you're giving to women who are listening to this and men who are listening to this. Again, I wish I would have known. And yet, I am grateful that we've been able to work through this and process this. I know a lot of, there are a lot of relationships who don't, we know when people don't do their work, they don't get to have these Mm -hmm. kinds of conversations. And maybe this wigs people out that you and I are are having this kind of conversation. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you can sit here and and have that real raw, hard stuff. Yeah, we can. And I'm just going to keep plugging and plugging how important it is to get that professional help, which leads me to my next question mm. for you. What did, I got you all into therapy fairly quickly. What did that do for you? I love that. That was going to be my next question too. <laughs> yeah. I could honestly cry thinking about how amazing therapy was and how amazing our therapist was. Terry I like think about her every single day and I still have notes that I have in journals that I took from her but I definitely think therapy was the greatest gift that we were offered and thank goodness the church helped us with that but it was just so instrumental in my healing and it was a safe place to just be able to feel my emotions, be validated in all my emotions, and to have our therapist just, she really taught me to not hold on to your emotions or dad's emotions. She really validated me in just letting me know that it's okay to 
be a kid and it's not your responsibility to worry about your mom's emotions and your dad's emotions and the crap that they're going through right now. That is not in your control. We talked a lot about what is in your control bubble, what is not in your control bubble. We wrote it out like every every therapy session and she really helped me learn about listening to my body listening to my gut feelings trusting myself because there is just so much going on between you and dad you know dad would say something you would say something and it was up to us to figure out what the truth was I remember that being a big thing is what is what is true who's telling the truth and there was a time where I didn't know who to believe. I don't know if I should believe mom. I don't know if I should believe dad, but Terry really helped to learn how to listen to our bodies and what our bodies were telling us and to trust ourselves and what we felt was right. You know, I really so powerful. I could it's, go on and on. I know. Right. It's, it was so brilliant. And what was so fantastic is that I learned, I was learning along with you. She would pull yeah. me in and see, here's what I'm teaching them. And that's what, when the shift started to happen, I think in our home, um, yeah. especially tell us too the impact that it had. Cause one of my favorite things that she did, and I tell my clients this all the time, like ask your therapist to do this with your kiddos. And if they say no, get a new one. Because one of the things I loved that she did was I think it was like once a month or maybe every other time we went, she'd pull all of y'all in together, all four of you guys tell why that was so impactful to have you four together in that session once a month. Yeah. It's funny. Cause we were all processing it so differently <laughs> because my bro- my little brothers were just so young and little. And so we were processing it so differently, but we were all going through the same trial and had a lot of similar questions and we're all suffering through the same question of who's right? Like, who do we believe? Like, whose side do we take? But once again, she validated that we don't have to take sides. Like we're not in charge of, we're not responsible for anyone's emotions, just our own. And she also just really told us that We, us four are the only people who truly know what we were going through at that time. And so it really bonded us so much. Mm. Um, Beautiful. (laughs) We just became so close. Like... You know, I just love my siblings so much because of how close we got um, and how, because we went through such a hard time, a hard trial together. And because we were, you know, kind of forced to be vulnerable with each other and went to therapy together and cried with each other. We will always have such a special bond. It's true. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I'm really, I lost it just for a minute there, but I'm pulling myself back together. I I really appreciate you sharing this, sweetheart. And I want to validate 
that this is why, and, and really thank you for sharing that answer, because this is the piece that, that meant the most to me as a mom is to watch that beautiful thing take place between you all and witness that. And I still witness it. I mean, every time you all get together, I will find you in a room mm-hmm. all piled <laughs> up on each other on a bed, <laughs> just all like literally interlocked in like limbs everywhere. And you will just <laughs> kind of have your little powwow moment of like checking in with each other. And I attribute that nothing to me, but to that therapist who created that space for you all to bond. What you said there was so powerful. No one on this planet knows what it's like to have a mom and a dad like you four mm-hmm. and to experience what you did, but you four in this entire planet. And so how can that not bond you? And so it's very, very powerful. One thing I want to pull from this is you were saying how pulled you felt. And I think that again, was one of the biggest shifts for me is to stop pulling. I know that I was very afraid that the narrative that was being given to family and friends was going to be given to my children and they were, I was going to lose my children. Yeah. And that's why my intent was like, okay, no, they need to know my side so that they don't, I don't lose them. Right. Because the convincing of that was happening outside was so good. And I was like, but it didn't help. And I just want women to hear that it doesn't help. It makes it worse. The more you try to say, here's, here's what's really, it doesn't help at all. Makes it way more confusing. So I just had to learn how to zip it and let you all figure it out and know that as you continue to do what you learned, trust your body, trust your gut, you'll come to your own conclusion. And whatever that conclusion was, I then get to do my own work around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think when, because we were offered therapy and we're taught and we were taught in such a healthy way to listen to our bodies and trust ourselves, at least for me. And I know my sister, it led us, we were naturally inclined to stay with you more than our dad because that's what our bodies were telling us and what we felt most comfortable with and so because we were I think because we were offered therapy it allowed us to trust our bodies and our brains and we were naturally I think led to you and so it just worked out the way it was supposed to I'm so curious where you love Terry so much today and you can look at therapy as being so beneficial. Did it start out as loving it? I don't think, I mean, I don't think so because I think there is a stereotype of, oh, therapy is only for broken people or in my teenage mind, None of my friends went to therapy or I may have thought it was weird at first. So I'm sure I did think that it was weird or it wasn't needed. But I think because of our situation and because I knew I needed help, I I was really open to it. And once I did go to that first and second session and was really able to let out a lot of emotion and be validated in my emotion because it was such a safe 
place for me in such an inconsistent and hard time of my life that really helped me want to keep going because it was such a safe place. So I love that. I love that. And I I just like in the teens I work with, usually when their parents first bring them in, mm-hmm. not all, but the majority of them are like, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't like, I can't. Yeah, I don't need this. Why am I here? And yeah, like if I'm here, that must mean I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. Um, but you should know within that first three sessions if it's a good fit. And if it's a good fit, that's where you can let your walls down, you can feel safe. I want all of my kids to have a therapist where they can go that's outside of me, that they can just go have their own safe place to just dump and process and have someone who's totally not connected to the situation be that safe place. So I just, I love what you're sharing because I, I, well, I'm self-promoting, but I think all kids, (laughs) um, teenagers, especially to have that place is so beautiful but especially when you're going through so much of your world, just being upheavaled. Yeah. And like you said, that third person apart from yourself, it just really helped being able to talk to someone without worrying about hurting my mom's feelings or my dad's feelings Mm -hmm. or anyone's feelings. Cause I didn't really know her at first. So yeah, it really just helped talking to someone who, was just totally outside of my family. I love that. Yeah. In your text, McKenna, you talked about the, the difference in the feeling in the home when there is, when, you know, addiction and abuse isn't present. Can you talk just about that a little bit to the moms that might be concerned about not having two parents in the home and having a little bit stress was a little bit different than it used to. I wasn't a stay at home mom anymore. I was working. So things were different that could seem more stressful. Yet you talk about such a different feeling in the home. Once we were in that apartment, can you talk more about that? Yeah, it definitely was hard at first to being in an apartment in a smaller space in a different city, a different state with a different <laughs> family environment was really hard. So the transition definitely was hard at first. There really was such a different feeling in the home when you were out of that abusive situation, because I think when you became a healthier and happier version of yourself because you were finally out of a really difficult situation and you were doing your own work to heal. Um, You were a healthier and happier version of yourself. Not to say that you didn't have negative emotion. We were all having negative emotion at at that time and that was okay. But yeah, you were just a better version of yourself. And I think that allowed us to ask a question on this Yeah, Um, because this mom being a happier, healthier version of herself. So many women are in this place of, I have to sacrifice for the kids. I have to sacrifice for the kids. And there's a difference between sacrificing for the kids and you maintain yourself as being able to be stable, happy, and healthy in the middle of a hard situation 
and sacrificing for your kids and losing more and more and more of yourself until you're a shell of a human being. And so when you see your mom starting to become happier and healthier, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, how did that impact you as a kid? Did you feel that difference? Did you see it? Was that helpful to creating any type of, I don't know, emotional stability for you? Yeah, for sure. It did create a lot more stability. And I think because there was more honesty too, we weren't attributing that negative emotion to ourselves, or at least I wasn't to myself anymore because I knew that there was a reason. And I think just in general, seeing my mom like work hard to provide for us, that was really hard to see have to go back to work and you were just working your butt off you were working so hard but it was very empowering to see your self-confidence build you were building this cleaning business and I think just looking back like your confidence was building because you were independent you were relying on yourself and that was I think really cool for us to see and cool for me to see empowering for me that you did it all on your and we definitely received help from other people too you know really helpful but I think because once we moved into that apartment after the divorce it just gave us a lot more opportunity to have those have different conversations and deeper conversations with each other that really helped us get closer with each other and it really helped us rely on Heavenly Father more. I remember we were reading the Book of Mormon like every night around the dinner table before you had to go back to work or before the boys had to go to baseball or before I had to go to work or something. We were just always reading the Book of Mormon because I think we were just relying on that spirit so strongly more than ever and that brought the the spirit into our home which was amazing to have during that time and yeah there were just so many opportunities I think we were given because of that hard situation that allowed that closeness between us and deeper conversations and more vulnerability and just the spirit in our home to grow if that makes sense. Did you see them as opportunities at the time? Or is that now later with reflection? Or now, yeah. But I do remember, yeah, that's definitely, I think, more now looking back. But, but I definitely remember feeling such a sense of safety and security during that hard time because of what my mom was trying to provide for us and the safety she was trying to provide for us. I definitely saw the blessings in the moment as a teenager and as a young adult, but definitely more looking back as I'm older. But yeah. I appreciate you talking about how there were still the negative emotions because <laughs> there still were. And I think do you remember me gathering you all together and being like, all right, listen, this is a healing home. And that means like the moment you walk through this door, you get to feel whatever, say whatever. And you and you had a word that you particularly loved at that time. <laughs> what was it? A cuss word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, that's, 
Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying is when I was talking about us being vulnerable because the opportunity allowed us to be vulnerable, you really did let us express our emotion in any way that we needed to. And in my way, it was a newfound word. It was a newfound word. It was, and I was like, as long as you do not hurt other people, destroy property or yeah. hurt yourself, you can do whatever. And I just yeah. noticed that was really... Yeah, because you allow let it rip. Yeah, I know, man. I still do to this day. (laughs) But because you allowed that vulnerability to happen within our home, like we could truly express any emotion we needed to or what we were going through in the home where it was a safe place. And I never felt the need to go party or do drugs or rely on friends or bottle up my emotion and maybe other unhealthy ways because I was allowed to do that in my home and without being judged you did a really good job of that and I and we watched you do that too like you you were mm-hmm. honest and open with what you were going through at that time and what you were feeling and so it let us do the same thing yeah okay so Alana are you okay with I like to go into the work part I think this is another so two things that I notice make it really hard for women to leave is the money and the children. And so we've covered, I think a lot. And, and again, thank you for your vulnerability. I'm saying Kenabu, that's my nickname. For <laughs> McKenna, <laughs> McKenna, for sharing that. I'd love to hear the thoughts from your perspective around the work, because I was a stay-at-home mom. And then you mentioned how I did have to go back to work and I worked insane hours And that was hard for me, but also must've been really hard for you, especially the oldest. Yeah, I think it was hard, but I knew it was needed at the time. Mm. I think it was more, what was hard was I felt inconvenienced because you couldn't pick us up from school when I wanted to. So I think it was because of more selfish reasons. Oh my gosh, I have to stay at school for an hour after it's over, even though it was good because I could do homework and I don't know, it was, it was fine, but I felt more inconvenienced by it, but I really did understand the need for it and really did try and see the good in it. And I really was appreciative of it because I think I needed to see that you were working hard for us. I think that really helped us. I think your consistency with that, with providing and working hard for us really helped me know that I could rely on, especially because the other parent wasn't providing in that way financially. So because you were it really did help. Yeah. Just know that I, I know I can rely on mom. She will, she will provide us with our needs. And mm-hmm. obviously it's an inconvenience when you were able to, before you were able to pick us up or, you know, drive us wherever we wanted anytime we wanted. But I think yeah. that's so powerful. What you just said there is that, cause it goes back to those basic needs of children right? Just, I need to know that I'm going to be like uh, kept alive. It goes back to that basic attachment. And I think consistency, and I think that's just a really important message is that I'm not saying that everyone needs to go out and build a cleaning business and work the crazy hours that I did. Um, but 
it, it was that word consistency, I think is key, no matter what it is you're doing is providing yeah. that safety in all these areas is what really the message I'm getting from you is that safety in all these areas consistently consistent helps. in other ways too. That was just one way that you were, you showed consistency and stability which I will give credit to my therapist because that's exactly what he told me to do mm-hmm. is that that's, that is how I will create an opportunity for my children to drop into their body and mm-hmm. notice the difference between the different experiences that each parent was having. They could now see for themselves, oh, this parent's having this experience and this parent's having this experience and, and not ranking one better than the other, yeah. but noticing what kind of experience felt safe. And mm-hmm. that was, and he told me, this is what you need to do. And so I did it, but that was hard. Yeah. Anyways. It's interesting listening to the two of you too, because I almost in my brain, as I'm listening, I'm almost clumping things into different seasons. There was a season before everything came out. There was a season of transition. There was a season of you having to work all of the time to provide. And that's not the season that you're in today. And it's so easy to get so caught up in whatever season we're in at the moment. That is like how forever it will be. And this is my new reality. And so I just, I appreciate McKenna, you kind of, I mean, we're kind of here a span of a lot of your life, but so many transitions and so many seasons that it's just, It's fun for me getting in your brain and just hearing a little bit about what you've experienced. And my guess is we're going to wrap up this podcast and you're going to be like, I should have said this. I should have said this. I should have talked about this. And I guarantee there's women listening about that. They're like, McKenna, what about this? Tell us about this. And so I I just want to like invite our listeners. If you do have more questions for McKenna, let us know, or just more questions in general around parenting through all of this, because we're going to talk more about this, but I just, I'm really, I'm so grateful for you for being vulnerable and just sharing inside of your experience, because I can clearly hear how much work you've done through your own processing, through your own therapy, through your own life experiences. I can hear all of the work, but I also hear a really resilient woman through all of this. Thank you. I had a good very good, strong example of a resilient woman to look up to. So you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> so McKenna, even as we're wrapping up, Amy and I like our brains are already going in more places. So we're gonna do a part two with you, if you're okay with that. Just for our listeners, as you kind of sat around the table with us or rode in the car with us and listened today, thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the conversation and for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Hey, y'all join us again next week as we continue our conversation with McKenna. Isn't she awesome? If you do have any questions or things to follow up with on her about, then email us at choosrecoveryservices at gmail.com. And then coming up in June, June 14th is the Elements of Abuse course with myself and therapist Kimberly Day. You're going to want to get your spot quickly as there are only a few left for that course. Again, June 14th. For more details on that, you can check out the link in the show notes. 
Have a wonderful week, everyone. And as always, choose recovery, choose healing, and choose you.